Welcome to Work Experience Podcast, a conversation about young people and the church. Play that track. Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast. My name is Brayden. The podcast where we want to tackle big questions like, why does the acronym for World Wide Web take three times as long to say? And why does everyone call John Flett, John Flett? I mean, his name is John, but everywhere people refer to him as John Flett. These are the questions, friends. But before we dive in, I wonder what your experience of this podcast is like. I wonder what new listeners experience. How do you feel about the host asking these sort of esoteric questions straight off the bat, barely a minute in? If you've been with the podcast from the beginning, you will remember series one, where we went on work experience together. You will have seen us evolve as a podcast community. Some of our skills have improved in the fields of editing and interviews and mainly producing quality content. You will remember our guests and our stories and those moments where we simply had nothing to offer. I wonder where you start and what you hope for out of this podcast. Why don't you let us know? Get in touch. Become part of the community. Send us an email or get in touch via Facebook or Twitter and uh, let us know, shape the direction of this podcast. We would welcome that. Alan, do you have any thoughts on this? No. Great. Oh, uh, it is worth noting that Alan brought his dad to work this morning because, you know, uh, Alan's dad, do you want to say hello? Hello. And how do new listeners feel about all that build-up for really lame in-jokes and sound bites that are hilarious in our production team meetings but maybe don't translate when the final podcast goes to air. Now, friends, last episode, I promised uh, that we would be hearing Cracking Coconuts Part 2. Obviously, we're not. It will be coming. We've just got some scheduling issues uh, at play, but I look forward to uh, sharing that with you. And then on Monday, I was part of an interfaith panel, and I thought, fantastic, we'll share the recording of that this week. But uh, I'm still waiting on approval from uh, my friends who are part of that panel to share the audio with you. It might come out as a special sort of 25-minute episode in the coming week. So, again, that's not here. And then I thought, well, really, it's, it's Wednesday. I've got no guest, no particular topic. What could I offer an audience who is waiting with bated breath and itchy ears to hear from the host of this work experience podcast, and I thought I would offer you two insights. Two insights uh, that occupy a fair bit of my time at the moment and really stretch the corners of my brain. The first of two is actually two questions that uh, we need to ask, and I had the privilege of spending some time with the church council at Pilgrim Yarraville Uniting Church last night, and we spent a couple of hours simply considering these two questions. The first one is, what is good news for young people in Australia today. If the gospel is good news, if the message of Jesus Christ is good news, what is that good news for teenagers today? I think the church is often guilty of of 
narrowing the playing field and and simplifying the message and and ignoring the complexities of life that that shape and influence teenagers in Western society. And so we turn to things like the UN uh, report that I have previously endorsed or the Mission Australia Youth Survey, or we have cups of tea or milkshakes with the young people in our communities to hear the complexities, the issues, their struggles, their hopes, their realities, so that we might consider how the message of Jesus would speak to them today. A generation concerned about theirs and their friends' mental health, about the future of the climate, about uh, work and job security, about how where they're going to live. What does the church, what does the gospel say to them? And then I think the second question following on from that is how will they hear it? A, a generation that lives simultaneously in real life and in digital communities, a generation that isn't darkening the doorsteps of the church buildings and our programs how will we share this good news with them how will they hear it how will they see it how will they feel it i think they are two fundamental questions that should shape your ministry our ministry uh, any church or community that's trying to engage with young people and share and invite them into the transforming message of Jesus, I think they're two really interesting questions. If you've got uh, some thoughts or you want to come on to the podcast and chat about those questions, that would be great. I'd really welcome that. Um, If you think we're way off base, if you think there are better things we should be doing, uh, you can let us know as well. Uh, The second rambling that I thought I would share with you, this idea I heard on another podcast, what the hosts and guests were talking about was, trying to respond to the shifts in public discourse around um, how we tackle big issues, how we tackle issues collectively and how we come together because in our own little groups and silos and tribes, we cannot overcome issues. We've seen it before in the history of the world where issues like war and depression um, require everyone to come together. And yet in this day and age where so much is contested and the uh, seems more and more we're polarized, how do we overcome those differences and discourse to tackle these issues? In this case, it was climate change. But um, what are, one of the phrases they said uh, really resonated with me, and they said, it's not, we don't need objective matters of fact, but rather subjective facts that matter. See, facts have become this thing where we're, we are allowed to interpret them with our own bias, allegedly, whether that's just our opinion of the facts. And, and so they, they've lost their power and their objectivity. And, and this host was saying, actually, we need um, stories and facts that matter, that connect with our identity that lift it above, um, take it out of the middle and and give it power and influence and allow us to overcome that. So I've been thinking about that a lot and I thought, what would that look like? And so friends, with the spare time I've had by not recording an interview this week, I put together two radio ads and I'm going to road test them here as my attempt to actually overcome 
this distance and this separation on some really key issues. You see if you can pick up what the issues are. The first one we're going to play for you now. Being a parent is hard. You want to give your kids good things, but you can't always afford them. And sometimes those good things aren't good for them, like lollipops. Other times, you want to hurt them, because those ungrateful, rude, selfish little brats don't appreciate everything you do for them. Well, now you can do both. You can give them good things and punish them. Simply head to your doctor and usher code word vaccinate my kids and we'll take care of the rest. Just uh, one attempt at uh, recording an ad that might overcome one of the divisive issues in society. And uh, here's our second attempt. Those Southerners always trying to tell us what to do. It started with daylight saving. And now they want to tell us that we can't have the 100 jobs that the Adani mine will promise. We're not going to listen to them. But what they're not telling us is that in 20 years, we might not be able to grow cane sugar in our fields. And you know what that means? No more Bundaberg rum! They're also not telling us that the increase in temperature might affect our wheat and barley crops. And you know what that means? No more 4X beer! Queenslanders, don't let those southerners take away what is most important to us. Our rum and our beer. Get rid of the mine. Save our way of life. So there you have it, uh, two attempts at uh, offering subjective facts that matter into the public discourse. And I wonder what it means for the gospel, for us to consider what are the facts that matter to young people today? What is it in the story and life of Jesus that matter to them today? There's our uh, ramblings from your humble host. I hope uh, you found them helpful. Uh, we're going to jump into the calendar for the first time uh, this series. There's a bit coming up. Summer's Camp is kicking off the first week of July. One of the Uniting Church's longest-running camps. Uh, over 100 young people will attend, aged between about 9 and 15, and a team of about 40 leaders uh, will be together for that week. I'm looking forward to going down there. Last year, we brought you a field report from Summer's Camp. We'll endeavor to do that again. Uh, and straight after that, the Victaz Synod meeting uh, kicks into gear where we will be launching the Work Experience Podcast merchandise line. So it's only a few episodes away, friends. Um, I'm really looking forward to meeting some of the listeners and the wider church, uh, even those who don't listen. I'll say hello to you. Although if you're 
hearing this than you are listening. But I'll say hello regardless. Uh, the Good Summit is being held in Parkville on July 18. Google Good Summit Australia for more info. We'll be there. Looking forward to that. And as long as I finish this research uh, paper in before the deadline, I'll be heading over to Auckland at the beginning of August to be part of the International Association for the Study of Youth Ministry Oceania Conference over there in New Zealand. Um, probably attempting to kidnap Jacinta Ardern, bring her back here and install her as our new Prime Minister. Uh, all on the agenda for the next couple of weeks here in the Work Experience Podcast office. And uh, just to wrap up some loose ends, last week in the library, our guest was Bookaboo. Well done to those who reminded me of that. Uh, of course, you all reveal that you have children who watch this puppet dog play the drums and then have a picture book read to him by a B-grade British celebrity that we've never heard of, but, you know, British fans love. Of course, it was great to have Bookaboo in the library. And again, this week, we're going to see who's there and then get in touch if you know who it is and you could win a prize. Hello. No, Alan, not that idiot. The other one. You know, every night I'm reading a little over an hour. Yes, that's the one. Uh, Listeners, who might read books a little over an hour every night? Uh, Get in touch if you think you know who that is, and you might win yourself a prize. Now, in our library section today, we are looking at a book by a friend of ours, Andrew Root. Now, Andrew's actually coming out to Australia in August. He's starting in Queensland, heading over to Perth, and then swinging through Melbourne and Sydney on his way home. And we're really excited to see him again. But today, out of all the catalogue of Andrew's work, uh, we're looking at uh, one of his recent titles from 2017, Faith Formation in a Secular Age. Partly because this week, Andrew just released the next book in this series, Um, called The Pastor in a Secular Age. And we are about a third of the way through that on the Work Experience Kindle, and we will be reviewing that next week. Uh, So, But we thought we'd start at the beginning, Faith Formation in a Secular Age, Responding to the Church's Obsession with Youthfulness. Now, uh, I'm going to read you what uh, Andrew's website suggests uh, is this book is about, and then I'm going to offer you a few of my own thoughts. I have to declare a bias here. I am on the Andrew Root bandwagon. I'm a cheerleader. If there was an Australian sort of fan club, I'd like to think I'd be in some executive position. Maybe not chairperson, but at least maybe an executive position. Uh, I've spent some time with Andrew over the years. Uh, He's been on this podcast, and I think um, he has a prophetic voice to the church. I think he can speak into context in a way that um, we haven't seen in the academic um, school of youth ministry, um, at least in my time. So uh, Faith Formation in a Secular Age was the commencement of this new series. And uh, Andrew says this, that the loss or disaffiliation of young adults is a much discussed topic in churches today. Many faith formation programs focus on keeping the young, believing the youthful spirit will somehow save our church. But But we have to ask whether these programs have more to do with our obsession with youthfulness than with actually helping young people encounter the living God. 
So in this book, Andrew offers an alternative take on the issue of youth drifting away from the church and articulates how faith can be formed in this secular age. He offers a theology of faith constructed from a rich cultural conversation, providing a deeper understanding of the phenomena of these nuns, uh, which is an American term, talking about those who are no longer religiously affiliated, and moralistic therapeutic deism, this belief that God... um, is there and just wants us to be good and will help us feel better. Andy then helps us understand why forming faith is so hard in our context and shows what we've lost is not the ability to be able to keep young people connected to our churches, but an imagination for how and where God could be present in their lives. This book lifts youth ministry into a much broader and deeper conversation, one that is facing uh, churches as a whole, at least across Western society, and an issue that we are resisting, that we are avoiding, and yet is confronting us every week. I really love Andy's work. Um, He's taken us through... um, a whole journey in his catalogue, and as he himself has learnt and adjusted his thinking and encountered other academics and theologians, um, I look back to some of his earlier work, revisiting relational youth ministry, uh, and his series, A Theological Journey Through Youth Ministry, and all these demonstrate that us as youth worker practitioners, we have to engage in deeper theological thought. And here in faith formation, where we turn to the church's fixation on youthfulness, not for the service and salvation of young people, but for the survival of this church in a whole. Uh, Now, this is a hard book. uh, Andy goes head-to-head with Charles Taylor in his book, A Secular Age, which is a massive text. And... um, But I think it's really important as we consider our role and our purpose and our hope for ministry with young people in a much more grounded context rather than entertainment and recruitment and simply avoiding, um, trying to avoid young people leaving to actually far more um, honest about who is God and where will we encounter God and how will we talk about these things. And it opens up so many conversations. I think it's a great opportunity um, to read this with your ministry team or with your volunteers and have these profound conversations. Um, Andy asks as many questions as he does provide clues to where we might find answers. And I really do encourage you to tackle this, partly because it then opens up the opportunity to go the journey with Andy into book two, which has just come out and we'll touch on next week. And then ultimately to the third book coming out, which I assume will just be, uh, here's my highlights from the last 25 books I've published. Uh, Thank you and good night. Um, Of course not, but uh, I can't wait to hear that. So um, Faith Formation in the Secular Age, responding to the church's obsession with youthfulness. You can get it on Kindle or through any good bookshop. Um, Or if you want to drop by Work Experience, podcast headquarters we can even give you a hard copy um i don't know what you would do with a hard copy but um, i suppose you could prop your kindle up on it as you read uh that's it for the library section today (music) 
Thanks for listening, friends. Uh, As always, make sure that you've subscribed. Invite a friend or family member to have a listen or maybe just play this over loudspeaker or using one of those Bluetooth speakers as you commute in. And uh, therefore, the audience will increase significantly. You will be very unpopular. But we really want to hear from the audience, from you, the listeners. Um, How are you finding this? What do you need to hear? What's helpful? Um, Do you think I should sell one of those ads to a radio station to combat uh, climate emergency or the anti-vax movement? Uh, Who was in the library? Uh, Next week, hopefully, we'll have some content for you, uh, possibly around this idea of how do we do youth ministry um, in regional and remote communities, or possibly reviewing uh, one of Netflix's recent documentaries on the Flat Earth uh, movement. Who knows? Uh, We'll just see if the diary lines up. But uh, whatever it is, I hope uh, that you will join us again for work experience here in your podcast app or on the website next week. As always, thanks for listening. Have a good week. Seriously, Alan, you and I, we're going to need to talk to HR. You cannot bring your dad to work. It's unprofessional. All he does is yell at people. Come on, let's go see them right now. What? No, turn turn off the record. Oh.